really, it brings up that very tough moral question that humans have wrestled with since time immemorial, which is, is it okay to kill a few to save many, or to kill one to save many? That's that moral dilemma, right? And in this case, uh, kill one, a, a crucial figure in Starfleet in, in the Federation. And we might ask ourselves, you and I, like, what would you have done? What would I have done? And for me personally, I don't think I would have given that order. Actually, I think I would have tried to save Picard. I think that would have been my, my move. To the 20 digit scene review podcast. I have myself, co host David, and always with me at my side virtually is Alex. <laughs> hey, hello. How you doing there, Alex? I am doing well. And you? Good, good, good. So today is episode 26. And episode 26 is an even episode number. So that means I go first, like any other week. What we do is we pick a scene each. I've picked one, Alex has picked one, and we're just going to take turns talking about it. So my choice this week is none other than the classic Star Trek Next Generation. Star Trek Next Generation ran for seven full seasons, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and the scene that I have picked is none other than the best of both worlds finale to finish the episode, uh, season three. And this, there's, I can, I can, there's so many different reasons why I want to pick this scene, but I think the biggest reason is quite simply Star Trek next generation up to this point. I think it was good. It was an okay show. Let's say not good. Let's say it was an okay show. And at this point, there was people, there was, there's certainly a niche audience. People loved it, but it, it didn't attain the same level as the original Star Trek. Uh, there has been rumors, maybe I'll pick out some notes during the first couple of seasons where even the original cast was not really enamored by the, uh, the pace and everything else of the show. And, it wasn't up until this point that it was a very pivotal mo moment for the series that kind of defined uh, this uh, this TV series and, and launched it alongside the original Star Trek. And one of the most amazing things about this scene, so what happens is, is the best of both worlds, uh, just to add some background and context, what happens is the um, the Enterprise is fighting the Borg and Captain Picard, played by Patrick Stewart, has been kidnapped. And in the opening of the scene, um, an away team has been uh, led by Commander Shelby, uh, who, is, um, who has decided to see what they can do to save uh, Captain Picard. And so that's how the scene begins. And there's a couple of notes here. Uh, I, th I thought it was really cool how uh, when Captain Picard was first sort of um, scene they only, you only see one side of his face so cinematically he's you know he's normal and then he turns when the doctor calls out to him and you know oh my god he's he's Borg and as a, I think we're spoiled a little bit Alex our generation because you know you look at this does it really stand up to some of the acting and everything else certainly I think that the acting is not terrible but it, it shows early 90s late 80s mm -hmm. and just being 
able to see that unfold, like seeing Pat, like Captain Picard. He's he's Borg. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Right. So that's one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the music. I don't know, Alex, if you picked it out. It was just I loved it. It's just like the, the the dissonance. You know, the dan 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 dan. Well, I, I mean, on the on the topic of the music, um, <laughs> listening to the the actual like the notes if i would imagine the, the notation yeah. and the score of the of the music and stuff and the, the instruments selected and everything that part was fine but i tell you what stuck out to me because well my very first impression just knee-jerk impression of the music was wow this really sounds like it was decades old like it's it doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like what you would hear like in I the know. 2020s right? right it just sounds like you're almost down to the era of Batman and Robin, like bam, bam, bam. It's very similar to last, like last, um, just uh, I think two episodes ago when we were talking about um, Predator, right? Like you know that the soundtracks, you know, that's just how they, that's how they rang, you know. So right, yeah. But something else that stuck out to me, I think part of what now that I've been doing a little more audio work in my life, I think what it actually is is I don't know if it was particularly the clip, maybe it wasn't uploaded well or the way it was recorded and then put onto YouTube or whatnot, but. It's actually, I think, the EQ, the way the it's the the bass um, frequencies are aren't as emphasized as yeah. they might be in yeah. a in a yeah. modern. Um, uh, uh, it could be, production. it could be, but I, yeah. I love the retro feel though. Like I, I, I just, I, I kind of, there's that nostalgia, right? It, yeah, you I hear that so. soundtrack, yeah. and it, it just, and this is what I mean by being spoiled about it, because I think for you know people that have grown up later. And weren't part of that era. You, you don't. You don't have that bond with it. So it, it, immediately, that's what I get. And of course, the, the the ensuing scene on the ship with Riker. So there's a there's a bunch of things going on here. First of all, um, Patrick Stewart was not signed on uh, for the next season. There was rumors of him being actually unhappy mm. with how the how the series was going, and th- we weren't. They weren't sure if he was coming back or not. So this is this is what was interesting about this oh. whole scenario behind the scenes. Okay. The other yeah. thing is, there's a lot of there's always been talk about Riker and his own ship and his own ship. He was certainly competent enough, and so it was almost like they were giving the keys. This is sort of a <laughs> that that time where they're giving him the keys to do it. So there was a bit of that sort of thing going on, and there's there's a bit of friction between Riker and Commander <laughs> Shelby, who who's very you know leadership aspiring, right? So that was interesting. Um, uh, so if I could just but, pause you there, though, yeah, because it just on that topic, it just makes me think. You got to wonder. Then it's like. All right, we're getting to the end of season three. Yeah. Uh, we have contract dispute with with mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Stewart. All right, let's write this in, and then we kind of got him on 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 the ropes and say, "All right, look, we can go either way. You're going to sign." That's with exactly us what they Continue did. on season four, or you're you know that's we exactly why they so did. easily. But that's that's yeah. that's what that those that's the driving point of why this scene was so good and why this season finale was so good. and leads me to now. I don't know if you remember back then, Alex, but linear TV like this. This was probably, for Star Trek, definitely the first time they've ever done a cliffhanger, ever. Okay. So you just imagine, and I remember watching this the first time, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what's going to happen? Because you, you don't, like, well, I was too young to really, you know how when you're watching an episode now and you're streaming and you're looking, okay, yeah, there's like five minutes left. There's no way this story's going to wrap up. But in your mind, okay. you're like, you're watching, you're a kid, you know, whatever. Not a kid, okay. but you're a teenager or whatever. And you're so enthralled, enthralled and engaged. 
you don't realize it's at the end of the scene and then it's just the way it leads up to it the cutting the editing of you know Patrick Stewart or, sorry uh, Picard says you know I'm Borg and you, you're going to be like us we're going to we're going to simulate you all I don't remember the, the mm-hmm. lines exactly but he basically mm-hmm. yeah announces as Borg and like you see the the shots to uh you know Worf you see like Commander Data you see the doctor mm-hmm. you see Troy. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he does finish that speech, you get to Troy, and Troy, the uh, um, Troy, the act, um, the characters, like, oh my god, right? And then <laughs> the way it pans and the music, the, it, the way it yeah, attention yeah, draws right up, and then the the, the, the camera pans yeah. over to him, and then uh-huh. perfect timing of Commander Shelby looking at Riker, and he's like, you know, it's just fire like that. That yeah. was. And then, and then, and then, dun, 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 the music just <laughs> rolls into the to be continued. And I don't think there's ever a moment in 80s, 90s TV at that time. Like the only other major moment in TV is probably who shot JR, like in Dallas. This to me, like as a sci fi geek, oh my God. Like this was, yeah. what? <laughs> I have to wait until the next season to, to know what's going to happen? What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait that long what's going on here right so i think you you have to and this is what i say like we're spoiled we have this opportunity to to see it for the very first time and it's such a virgin moment <laughs> for us and and and, and 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 for the series the acting the music what it meant the turning a pivotal moment for the series itself also laid an incredible amount of complexity to the story, which then they uh, built on in that in the next movie, the the Star Trek Generations, um, the Borg movie, First Contact, where they build on this idea, and it was probably okay. the best Star Trek Next Generation movie. So th- this scene did so much. The writing of the show did so much. It was written by Michael um, Piller and Cliff Bull. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that, I just wanted to bring this one to bear. I thought there was a significant amount of things, uh, why this was such an important scene and important part of the writing process for the Star Trek Next Generation series. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a, a wow scene, right? And I mean, I haven't watched, uh, much just Next Generation, like definitely not every episode. I mean, I've seen a few here and there, but I do know enough that obviously Picard is an extremely central character right. to the to the entire series and it, as you've been describing it just must have been an incredible event oh, yeah. for the fans of the series yeah. uh, that what did this just happen wait what yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. right and then for Picard himself even to be assimilated into the Borg uh, I know. and then getting back onto the ship the tension the stress yes. the urgency of the deadline and they're describing mm-hmm. you know engineering is describing Jordy yes. how you know we can't just relax and calculate all we want like this is the these are the facts and, and Riker's like we don't have time we don't yes have time. we don't we, have time we, that was it yeah, right that would be great to do but yeah we've got to act if they escape then who knows what havoc they'll wreak on humanity from this right. point on right right and, and it's just a super tough decision and really it brings up that very tough moral question that that humans have wrestled with for, uh, for from since time immemorial which is is it okay to kill a few to save many right or to kill right. one to save many that's that right. moral dilemma right and in this case, uh, kill one, a, a crucial figure in Starfleet in, in the Federation. And, you know, we might ask ourselves, you and I, like, what, what would you have done? What would I have done? And I don't 
per me personally, I don't think I would have given that order. Actually, I think I would have. Yeah, it was tough. Tried to save Picard. Tough. I think that would have been my my it was move. Tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if I recall, they were going to go to Earth and assimilate Earth. So it was it was basically the destruction of humanity. Essentially, was at stake. And wow. he, it was a character arc, for, certainly also for Riker, right? As the captain, as a tough decision laid before him. Um, and he made it. He made it, mm. uh, didn't hesitate. Belay that order. <laughs> and she says, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go let's consult the Admiral. And he says, belay that order. We don't have time. Like, it was just boom, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I loved I loved it. And one last piece before we jump to, to your section, I wanted to mention. Okay. What was really cool was that laser. Um, mm-hmm. Picard. Uh, Picard <laughs> Going right so, into the camera. Yeah. So that was actually a $200 laser that was purchased. And they weren't sure how this was going to work at all. And okay. it just so happened. I think they, they um, brought in some fog. They try to do some things to make it like seeable, like you make it viewable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it just so happened the way that it pointed to the camera directly and how it refracted with the camera lens, it just flared. Mm-hmm. And right, that right. also was the beginning of lens flare <laughs> in, in, in Star Trek, <laughs> so, which was very famous in the okay. 2009, uh, the 2009 movie where, uh, where they did that. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 would they probably would have had to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars for a, a proper uh, light, but they... Some some guy just, I think it was a cast member's son just bought a laser off somewhere for two hundred bucks, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I couldn't tell actually. I wasn't sure if that was just CG when they when they had the flare on. So uh, nineteen ninety, okay. Alex, nineteen ninety, not that easy to do CG. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have for All right. us? Okay, my pick this week um, comes from uh, Crash Landing on You. Oh which is, yeah. Um, the K-drama. widely acclaimed, yes, <laughs> widely acclaimed K-drama uh, released in 2019, also kind of spilled over into 2020. And, you know, our listeners can go look up the credentials of this thing, but it's definitely very popular and lots of people love it around the world. Uh, Korea, China, Philippines, um, Japan, and obviously over in, in Europe and North America as well. I have two scenes uh, listed out. Um Oh, but I, I did want to mention, me personally, I do recommend it. as It's a good intro to K-drama. Like, if, if you're sitting there at home, it's like, you've never seen K-drama. It's like, all right, well, what should I watch? Like, what So I can get the idea of what's the big deal? Why do K, K-drama fans love this so much? This is a good one to start with. So this week, I want to talk about something different, which we haven't um, done yet in, in, this, uh, in this series, in our podcast, which is I actually want to focus on casting, you know, mm-hmm. the selection of, of which actors... Are you going to put in which in in the roles to to play out your script that you've written? Um, I'm I'm actually sad to report I ac- I went and looked, and, but I could not find casting credits for this. I, they don't I couldn't find who's the casting director for this series. Mm. Um, I guess it's just they didn't find it <laughs> important enough to mention. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if any of you listeners out there know, uh, feel free to let us know. See interview at twenty digit.com and I will I will throw it into the notes and update the notes. So. Seloy or Chloe, some people call it. Um, big cast here. Okay, uh, I went and looked it up, and I counted on IMDb. And in out of all the actors that have, have appeared in at least half of the sixteen episodes, there's actually thirty-two of them. If you can think oh about God. that, yeah. So that's wow. a huge cast here. So it's not just huh. like a, a thirty-two with one or two people just kind of showing up once or twice. 
at least half of the episodes, so eight or nine of the episodes or more, 32 people are showing up. So there's just a ton of people. Oh, wow. There. Interesting. Yeah. I've highlighted six. Okay. Um, so I'll huh. list them out here and apologize ahead at time to, uh, for, for my Korean pronunciation here. <laughs> but uh, uh, Yoon Seri is the uh, lead female character. She's not seen in these scenes, okay? But I bring her up because uh, it's the Yoon family that's uh, that we're going to be talking about. This is a super rich family, owns a conglomerate. We're talking multiple companies among the, among the siblings and the, and the parents, okay? Um, so for those that don't know, it's common in multiple Asian cultures that when we when we give the full name, uh, we say the the family name comes before the, the given name of the of the person. Okay, so I'm, when I'm talking, I will use that order. Um, so we have Yoon Sehyung, played by Park Hyung So, and this is the second eldest son. Okay, so that's one, second eldest son of the family. Then we have Go Sang Ah, which is played by uh, Yoon Ji Min. This is the wife of the second son. Mm. Okay, so these are the first two characters we see in the first scene. Right, it's in the car. Then we have right. yeah, in the car. Right. So Yoon Sejun. Third character is the eldest son, played by Choi uh, Dae-hoon. Okay. And then his wife, Do Hye-ji, played by mm. uh, Huang Wo Seul-hye. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pronunciation. <laughs> wife of the eldest son. So we got the two sons and their wives. Uh, and the second scene I picked, we have two characters. One, uh, Seo Dan, played by Seo Ji-hye. And then the the, the male, uh, Gu Seung-jun, played by Kim Jong-hyun. Okay. Uh, men and young men and young women. So to recap, first son, two scene, two sons of the royal family. Uh, so the Yoon family. Sorry, I've been watching another series. <laughs> the Yoon family and their wives. Second scene is the young man and the woman interacting. So in the first scene, we have um, this this context here very 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 briefly. The sister Yoon Seri, the main character, has disappeared, but uh, and she's presumed dead by the family because she's they couldn't find her for this long. Uh, now, at the, in this scene, they're in the family home, and the brothers want to discuss business with the father in the context of her the sister's disappearance, because she was CEO of a company, and um, I guess there's a power gap basically, and they're they're trying to edge in and say, oh, I'm going to fill that gap. Like, uh, for example, that company should be mine, or I think whatever. I, that, that's sorry, I'll say uh, just to confirm. I thought that yeah. the father. Um, gave the keys of this particular conglomerate. So she does have, a, she is CEO of a business, but she was given, he, he wanted to name her the heir, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe I'm wrong. I'm, no, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. I'd have, to, I'd have to look that one up. Technicalities. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> the yeah. point is there's so a the, power struggle between the brothers. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. The brothers are competing with one another, yeah. trying to yeah. get up one up themselves and, and just get better, get more money, get more power, right, uh, more control, right. whatever the case may be in terms of the business of the family. And the wives are joining in the competition and aiding. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's just a, a quick overview of the first scene, which I'll return to. The second scene, we have uh, Seo Dan. we got a rich girl um, affianced to the male lead character, also not seen here in these scenes. And then Gu Seung Jun is a charming guy, but he's actually a con man um, in, the, in the context uh. of the entire series. Okay, <laughs> So they, they met before... Uh, in the scene only by chance but so they spend some time together in the scene that I have and it's only because they have to be in the same area but for different reasons because they otherwise probably wouldn't interact so let me so that's that now this is set up but let me get back to what I wanted to focus on again which is the casting of this show the actors that they picked for these six characters in the first scene we have the second son, the guy with the glasses, uh, he's clearly uh, ambitious. And we have his wife, his, uh, 
quite cunning. It's really it's a, one of the best words you can use to describe this character. Uh, the eldest Salmon is, on the other hand, somewhat comical in, in his appearance <laughs> in the way he, he talks and, and uh, comports himself. And his wife supports him. But uh, in terms of, of wits and cleverness, you can see she's outmatched by the other wife. So uh, before going in the house with the interaction between second son and his wife, um, you could see how he's he's trying to get something done uh, on the phone and he hangs up and then she doesn't even look up from her magazine, just casually lays out what's already occurred to her intellect <laughs> and trying to get him to catch up. So, you know, you're doing this wrong. Why don't you blah, blah, blah. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Just just spit it out. And, and then she explains to him and then he finally gets it. I mean, she's just coolly saying this, right? And, and then she gets out of the car and he's like, yeah, okay, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> he phones back and then essentially does what she said. And So there's that. And then getting back in the house, uh, the two com the brothers are competing with words. They're trying to manipulate their father uh, for business supremacy or advantage. But what I like here with the casting is the four characters, they all have um, their unique traits and this is that are enhanced by the great casting so the script with the casting together really working well uh, especially the second son's wife because the other wife is a, a significant contrast uh, different mm -hmm. face different build yeah, they're like foils manner. basically to help emphasize each other's characteristics uh -huh. okay yeah, yeah lighter personality versus yeah. the second son's wife like mm -hmm. you could practically see her personified as a, as a serpent or something. Yep, the, the, the eye, what acting, the way she would turn her chin and, <laughs> and, and, and look and everything. Uh, the two sons, one is serious and mean and the other providing right. some, some humor and levity. Right. Uh, so the four of them together, just, uh, it just worked so well. And I really, mm -hmm. I really liked it. Um, not mm -hmm. to mention even the casting of the father uh, playing that, that, that figure uh, of clearly a businessman with, decades of experience knows exactly what he's doing but he, he's just irritated with his family <laughs> bickering in front of him um i mean they, they could have cast men or women that that looked similar or acted similar but you know it was it was well done to to say yeah. okay we're not just going to cast you two because you're good but we're going to cast you two relative to the other two castings right. that we that we did as well right seems the um, tone sorry i didn't mean to interrupt here but yeah. um i felt like the uh the tone of 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 the series is clearly somewhat comical. There's an underlying level of comedic <laughs> yeah. flair, but what I like about it is that it's not overdone per se, um, which I do see sometimes in um, in some C drama. Like that characterful character is too much in my opinion. Here, it's actually it's at a it's at a it's at a good level. Um, it's not yeah, meant to point. be serious. It's lighthearted, and as you said, the casting. Um, colors let's call it it allows them to bounce off each other and the contrasts of one another just helps accentuate each other mm -hmm. and the comedic flair that 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 the viewer gets to see so um, yeah yeah that's sorry i didn't mean to interrupt yeah no there. problem yeah so continuing there out the point is making though was the brothers are both the brothers are competing for the same thing and both the wives are supporting their husbands so they could have delivered the same lines but acted in a more vanilla mm -hmm. way but they didn't because again the actors are good and, and the casting was well done so i mean that's that scene so quickly moving on for time's sake uh, in the second scene we have um the rich girl and the charming guy uh Seo ji Hei plays her part really well here and it was a good casting i thought um again rich girl she's got the looks 
living a certain lifestyle, upper class. Um, even the the way she she walks in the scene uh, from mm-hmm. from the gate to the car and stuff, yeah. you could just tell that it's almost as if the very the dirt of the village is is not <laughs> you know uh, befitting enough for for someone of her stature. Uh, just <laughs> right, uh, and the guy he's well dressed, self confident, smooth with his words. It judges her character. He doesn't hold back with his advice. It's just he sees <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. You know, let me tell you something about what's up with your life. Yeah. You're doing this wrong or, or whatnot. And mm-hmm. this one scene, it's just one out of many that helped build the chemistry in the hearts yeah. and minds of the viewers of these two. And I actually mm-hmm. really enjoyed it throughout the series that you could you could see it building up. And I by the, towards the, you know, the middle and the end, I really felt like they were a great yeah. match together. Um, and he plays his part really well. He's so casual and cool. And all the while, he's still trying subtly to act on his interest in her. Um, Mm-hmm. so yeah those are overall my thoughts uh i don't know if you agreed or had a, a different impression on anything no i mean i, I sorry I, <laughs> I didn't i didn't hold back uh certainly the um i actually felt the writing really well uh in both scenes i felt the editing was extremely good um especially when the son the, the younger son first in the first scene where he he talks about how you know, when they first got married, the stock went up because he married such, you know, married a, a woman mm-hmm. that's also a business, has a business empire behind her. And then the other, the the old eldest son's wife, you know, punches, punches the, uh, the eldest son. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Ooh! and then there's, there's, I, I, I swear to, I think I counted 13 clips from that moment. Just, just going across all the characters Mm-hmm. And even as he's explaining his rebuttal to that, you know, what about the debt that, you know, one of the hundred million mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever one that you lost. And so it was very clever editing there. Um, and again, it wasn't overboard slapstick. I felt it was yeah. at a right tone uh, enough to be comedic and entertaining. So I really enjoyed that. You know, what's interesting is I actually started watching this because there is no question, just like how I was so, enthralled about nirvana and fire a couple of podcast episodes ago um there is no question about this one uh it is probably top two maybe even three when it comes to k drama sorry not no maybe even three it, it's it's within probably people's first two choices as the as the k drama to watch so if you're gonna if you're gonna as alex said if you wanted to watch one this is definitely the one to watch now interestingly i did watch the first um first episode and i couldn't really get into it but when you pare down these scenes um that changed things for me uh so i might have to go back and give it a good go so i think you did your job with these these were good scene picks because uh it definitely um, emphasized some of the strength in the writing and the strength of the characters so i will say that and then I guess the final note is, as far as casting is concerned, since that's sort of your main point, mm-hmm. it seems like most Asian drama kind of, they, they have this. Like, the same with the Nirvana. There's so many characters. And if you can weave them together into one real good story, I think that's where the the, the different layers just, just it, it pushes that... Um, the entertainment value, the wow factor value, the the interest value even further if uh, mm-hmm. you got good writers behind it. So um, I just wanted to say, like, this is those were really good scene picks. And I think you're going to add two other ones to help 
uh, yeah, backcountry right. claims, and I saw those too, and they were very, very good. So, yeah, no, I, uh, there's nothing much to say. I mean, I can't argue with. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so thanks for reminding me, but uh, just for the listener's sake, I will be adding extra um, clips that optionally, uh, if you have time, you can you can watch too. You can see how it drives my points home. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. If you haven't seen the series, just to draw you in. These are, those are great clips to get you an idea of what, of what the series could potentially be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's okay. a, I guess that's a wrap for episode. Wow, look at that, twenty six. It's 26. just rolling off the tongue like it's like <laughs> nothing. I uh, can't wait to do twenty seven. And I actually have to tell you, I do have something on my list here, ready to go. It is okay. A uh, something we'll have to. I'm just as excited about <laughs> <laughs> to okay. talk about next week. So. As right, always, I have something in mind. I'll just review it. Uh, oh, good, first. good, great. Yeah. As always, to the audience, if you have any recommendations, as you know, we had a, a wicked guest uh, come with us in episode 25. Uh, if you have any any scenes that you'd like us to review, we'd be more than happy to. Uh, just email, drop us an email, and we'd be happy to get to it at uh, during and put it as part of our queue. So thanks again for joining. Um, thanks all. Thanks, Alex, again for joining me this, this evening. And I guess this is us signing off. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening. You can email us at scenereview at 20digit.com and find us on YouTube by searching for 20digit productions. And we're 20digit on Twitter and Instagram. Note that our website and all our online IDs are spelled with numbers, 20-D-I-G-I-T. Thanks for listening to the 20-Digit Scene Review Podcast.